You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 450, the quiz of the week, how pub quizzes survive when there aren't any pubs, and what's the deal with the pretenders. That's all coming up after Dave Edmonds, and here comes the weekend. comes the weekend or does it uh, <laughs> Pick as, up more of the same expanse yeah well as someone once said every day is like sunday um <laughs> yes yeah, someone who we don't mention well, yeah, an unmentionable person from 1977 and a track released as a single from the excellent album get it dave edmonds and here comes the weekend i mean i appreciate the sentiment he wasn't to know was he I suppose it would have been unfair to expect him to have predicted uh, some 43 years uh, back what mm. we would be going through now. Yeah, it's from 1977, but the lyrics um, of that song, it re- they really evoke another age. It was like uh, working like a dog more than 10 hours a day, but also several references to clocking in. And mm. I wonder if any businesses still insist their employees clock in you know with a proper mm. clock and a cardboard thing that he's card yeah, yeah absolutely I don't, I, I don't know i mean i've i've signed in to mm. places before where you have to sign the, the the register and put what time you were there i have done that before though not for not for years actually because the firm that i work for now the firms i work for recently the firm i work for at the moment are so small that if i wasn't there within mm. seven minutes someone would go why, why is Julia here? i need <laughs> to sign this where is she so so I, I it's been a while since i've worked in a place that is large and corporate enough not to notice if you're not there i only had to do that clocking in with the bit of cardboard as you say punching the clock uh for a really short period in my life but several of my friends at college got summer jobs at r white's lemonade factory oh, you were you were a secret lemonade packer yeah, right? yeah. that's right in sunbury on thames and so i wanted to join them because i thought oh, i'll get bored you know if i if they're all at this yeah, place there's no one around yeah absolutely mm. So I went along and you, we had to clock in that with, with, with that cardboard thing. And you, you clocked in, clocked out for lunch, clocked back in and clocked out again at five o'clock. And the thing was that I remember about it is that if you were like a minute late, you got docked 15 minutes of pay. Oh, gosh. So, wow. That's quite that's quite a quite a ratio, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's sort of like the mill owners of the 19th oh, century, right. isn't now, it? Ha- you know? Having said that, I am. Um, isn't it funny how <laughs> I'm one of those people that's become more liberal as they've got older. I was really quite intolerant when I was a very mm-hmm. young person. And I was a fan of my I had a, a lecturer who weirdly went on to be um him and his, his wife went on to be neighbours and good friends of mine when I lived in my, my previous house. But um he was rather a rather he was a, a genius that didn't suffer fools gladly frankly he was an excellent sociology teacher this was at a level but he used to have a habit that if anybody was more after five minutes of the lesson starting because i went to a sixth form college it was a little bit more relaxed in the school it wasn't you know it wasn't uniformed it was a it was a sixth form college um and he would lock the door after five minutes 
Mm. And if you weren't in after five minutes, the that door was, was locked and you weren't on the register because they would pass the register around for you to sign at the beginning. And and actually, I could see his point because it was really disruptive if someone would come in 15 minutes in. And although he would always have it, you, you can try and have a policy if we won't catch anyone up if they come in late. It's almost impossible not to because you can, if you're having some intense discussion about something you've read, you've, you've got to find a way of bringing people back in. So actually, I did quite enjoy his zero tolerance policy for lateness. <laughs> well, all I remember is that that was my time at R White's Lemonade was probably the worst six weeks of my life. I hated yeah. every second of it. So it certainly made me think, you know, I've got to get on in life and uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not better, have to come back here ever I again. I better pull my finger out. Yeah. Anyway, on that cheerful note, welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 450. I'm Terence Stackham. And indeed, clocking in from the exotic south coast of England, it's Juliet Harris. I did used to have a bell that when you hit it, it went ding, but I don't quite know where that is. So you'll just have to imagine me going ding. ding. Here I am, ready and reporting for duty, Sir Terence. It is me, Juliet of Harris fame. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's these strange days. Um, well, Mm. As we were just saying a few minutes ago, it's increasingly difficult to remember what day of the week it is. I mean, I, I'm I'm confident it's April. That's pretty mm. much where I am on this at the moment. That's that's all I can give you. Well, in case anyone's forgotten that days of the week each have different names, um, this week's quiz is based on days of the week. So um, I've got clips of five songs that are going to come at you really fast. Mm. And the task for you, the listener, and you, the Juliet, is to identify the five days. Mm-hmm. And there are five bonus points if you tell me the artists involved. Seven points uh, win. And it's an easy one to get you started, as always, Jules. There we are, days of the week, five of them. I get my little marking pad I, here, ready. Thank you. I, I have to take issue that I only got about three seconds of, of the first time. So I'm not sure how easy it was, but I think that the bars that I heard were from Monday, Monday. No, you, you see, I mean, what, what was the point of make, giving you 20 seconds of Monday, <laughs> Monday? Because you knew it straight away. That's too kind. Uh, then we then moved on to the next day of the week, which is very helpful, um, which is those, those Rolling Stones and Ruby Tuesday. They are in order to even make it easier for you. Well, well, at this point, you rather rudely discriminate against fans of both Wednesday and Thursday (laughs) because we move straight on to the cure being in love on a Friday or rather Friday. Six points out of six so far. Uh, next up, the enjoyably pugilistic sound of Elton John and Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Eight out of eight. And let's go to the, the final answer, which is uh, Blondie's Sunday Girl. See, there you are moaning that some of the tracks are really <laughs> short and you get ten out of ten. That is too kind. Thank you. Do you know what Sunday Girl was written about? No, I don't. They're cats. Oh. Apparently so. Uh, Chris and Debbie's cats. Oh, what, that one's called Sunday and one's called Girl? Well, no, just just that they one nicknamed cat. one of the cats called Sunday oh, Girl because another, Sunday another Girl. cat, well, I think another cat was trying to, basically it was about the dynamic between their cats, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't know that at all. They no. didn't know, according to a friend of mine. Actually, talking about that, putting this together, I seem to come across more options for Sunday than mm. any other day of the week. It must be a sort of deep sociological reason for it. There's more songs about Sunday than There's, any there, other day. Well, traditionally, there was more time, I suppose, to listen to music and more time to be creative because, you know, up until fairly recently, lots of shops weren't open on Sundays, were they? I suppose, yeah, maybe that was I, the... I don't know. People don't work. Factories tend to open on Sundays. Offices don't open on Sundays. I, I, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I, well, what can I say? I'd like to thank Gordon, my agent, after that particular Did performance. Very well. I want... I, I think it was reasonably easy, so I'm I'm pretty confident everybody at, I think, at I home. Think my my friends in their homes did did pretty well too. Yeah. I, I I don't consider myself. I'm not going to be a, a millennial snowflake about this, Terence. I think everybody else did quite well. Coming next, uh, the quizzing theme continues as we look at the thriving world of pub quizzes when there aren't any pubs. Uh, that's next, right after Jamiroquai. I must have died and gone to heaven. 
found myself in a very strange world where I am one of the last defenders of Jamiroquai, which is not a place that I was ever expecting to be living in. But then that does seem to be the year for it, doesn't it? Um, I really like that. And one of the reasons I really like that is um, the, the opening verse. I realised fairly recently what JK is trying to do on that record. If you listen to the beginning of He's the Greatest Dancer by Chic, the way, um, not Sheik, Sister Sledge, well, it's the same thing as it's Noel Rogers, but yeah, Sister Sledge. If you listen to the way that the, I mean, lyrically, it's one of the best songs ever, I think. The first verse is just wonderful. The way that each line tells a story and kind of spools into the next. And, and the phrasing and the way that that works, I think that's what JK is trying to do at the beginning of Cosmic Girl. I think it's a very similar kind of vibe. I, I always put them in the same, I put JK from Jamiroquai in the same box as Mick Hucknall from Simply read in that they are exceptional white soul singers and that is a thing they are they are you know they 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 are acknowledged i think by everybody as being exceptionally talented singers of a particular genre they're also very good writers but have always been seen as being rather uncool partly because they are just that white soul singers so they're always seen as pretenders slightly Mm. but also because they both have made they made a choice in how they were in public and how their lifestyles were. It was sport falling out of sports cards and the Met yeah. or the yeah. models and all that kind of stuff. And it's a real shame because I think that I think that Jamaraquai happen to be very talented at what they do. Some of their songs are fantastic. I really like that. And I also very much enjoyed a fortnight ago now, I think it was released, just as we locked down here in Britain, a, a video that circulated on, on YouTube and online of JK from Jamiroquai singing um, a lockdown to the tune of Let's Dance by David Bowie. Wor- worth a look. I know it's a serious time and it was recorded in a slightly different moment to where we are now, but I, I found it very funny, I must admit. It's uh, He's uh, weirdly resembling David Williams now days but i i do i can't help but like jk i think i think he's i think he's i don't think he's always made the right choices in his public image but i do think that he is a very talented writer and singer particularly i picked up on the production of that too i thought it was a terrific throwback 1980s production as you say <laughs> of the sort of nile rogers chic sister sledge sort of genre production by rick pope but intriguingly in similar fashion that we talked about sugar babes last week mm-hmm. jamiroquai 26 UK top 40 singles, none on the Billboard Hot 100. Hasn't transferred to America at all. Isn't it odd how how you'd you'd think that that kind of music, because Chic were big in the States, weren't they? So you'd think that if it's that kind of 80s funk. I I just don't understand it at all. Very odd, isn't it? In, In the week we record this, the... ITV network here in the UK has run a three-part drama um, over successive nights about the mm-hmm. I, the TV quiz show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, a franchise. Can I say, if, you, mm. if you're locked down and not got much to do, it is worth watching on their equivalent of the BBC's iPlayer because I thought it was superb, mostly for Michael Sheen as Chris Tarrant. Absolutely superb. Yes, it's on the ITV hub. Um, yeah, Millionaire is a franchise that was an in, in, enormous hit all around the world. And the ITV drama, of course, was based around the famous alleged fraud where a contestant, it was suggested, was helped by an associate coughing in the studio to indicate which answer option to take. And it was a reminder, um, seeing this drama, of how popular quiz shows can be. This mm. was before the days of uh, mass fragmentation of op- options in Netflix, Amazon Prime, and all. And so, 19 million people in the UK would watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire at its peak. At the other end of the scale, certainly not with a million pounds or dollars on offer, a pub quiz is very popular here in the UK and um, mm. in Ireland. Jules, you're a pub quizzer, and amazingly, your pub quizzes continue just without the pub bit. It's so true. I mean, you make your own pub at home. I I genuinely love quizzing. I have friends that gently tease me to the fact that when they ask me about something, and they go, and we were trying to, you know, when you're just in conversation, you're trying to remember something. I always begin my my kind of summary of what it is by saying, well, of course, if I was quizzing, I would say there is a small part of me, Terence, that's always quizzing in my life. I've always, <laughs> I just very much enjoy. Before we came, quote unquote, on air, I was watching the episode of The Simpsons that was on this evening where Lisa becomes obsessed with crosswords. 
And I'm always quite near to being Lisa Simpson in my everyday life anyway. But I particularly, she becomes very obsessed with everything becomes, they show her on the bus and all of the shop signs. She rearranges them in her head to form a crossword. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a great episode. Now I, I just love quizzing. We, we lived through my ridiculous adventure on Radio 2 last year. I, I just really like answering quiz questions. I'm a very big fan of the site Sporkle. Um, and I, I, I just really enjoy them. I love TV quiz, quiz shows. I, I've, I've always I, whatever a t- if, it, if it's a quiz on TV I will watch it even if it's on ITV I'm that committed to it it's I'm I'm really really into them and I like going to pub quizzes and actually as someone who likes a beer but usually just a beer I, I, I can persuade my other half to come to a quiz if it's in a pub because she goes for the pub bit and I go for the quiz bit by and large. But um, but I, I think they're great. And, and loads of my friends that are really into music, we you know, we form a team. I think it's a really social thing. Um, I sent you around recently. I went to, I went to mm. a, a quiz at a local bar in Hastings called 1200 Postcards because their aim is to fill the walls with 1200 postcards. Which I think it's great. It's a micro pub. Used to be a shop, but it's a, it's a lovely place. And our friend Jamie runs an excellent quiz um and we were given a pitch around of 10 elton john album covers with the glasses removed and you had to add add the you know select which pair of glasses went on which album cover and we all sat there going it was really hard it was and we all sat there going we've got degrees what are we doing one of us works (laughs) at the nhs we're meant to be doing sensible things with our lives and here we are working out which pair of glasses goes on which person but there's something about there's something very bonding about that experience there's five of you trying to work that out at the same time and i love the fact that despite the craziness as my friend calls it that is going on we can keep quizzing keep calm and keep on quizzing according to according to us brits people do quizzes over zoom and our, our friend jamie who we just mentioned did his quiz over facebook live the other week and we all paid him via um via i think paypal or whatever it was mm. we pinged in the money beforehand there was a cash prize as a result um we all got our own beer he said bring your own beer so we all sat <laughs> without people some people could patently got quite drunk in their own houses by the look of the group chat and uh, we had a really excellent time it was really good fun because we all had to mute out it was like every conference call can you mute your mic please and there's a dog barking in the background somewhere but but once we had got that bit worked out we um, we did a pub quiz that was run by a friend of ours that had more people on the online quiz there were 110 people in that quiz wow. at one point on facebook live he said there's more people than they can actually fit in the pub under fire regulations so <laughs> it, it's I, I i love the fact that we can still all do this together we can still be still be nerds i love the fact this this lovely little article in the atlantic by someone called yasmin sahan which who i wasn't familiar with previously but i do like this article it's, it's really nice nicely written um she makes reference to a zoom call at a pub called the corona arms which i thought was a was a rather rather interesting touch um she she says that uh she describes the pub as one of the most recognisable symbols of ordinary British life, which I think is 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 quite a neat turn of phrase. I yeah, think that's probably true. Uh, mm. uh, and I like the fact that pubs are having to adapt to a new world. Uh, my my friends at the Marina Fountain here in St Leonard's are now a provision store, and they have the the, the fortune to have a layby outside their pub, mm. so they have a drive-through. Where you draw, you order an hour in advance. You order your eggs, your craft beer, your rice, your pasta, your butter, your milk. You you order an a, 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 a hour in advance, or I need to say a month in advance. And I was going to say that's, <laughs> even for Tesco's that is bad. But yeah, you uh, you 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 order in advance, and then you ring them when you're there. You have to open your boot for them first, and then they put it on in your boot in a cardboard box, wearing rubber gloves. You have a chat with them, and then you go. They're they're a grocery store. They're a radio station at the moment. They've got a few shows on in the evening they have uh, bill brewster djs there quite a lot and the late andrew weatherall dj there before christmas so so they've got their various kind of good good dj friends to, to dj and i believe there's talk of them also running a pub quiz so so loads of pubs i know are, are being very ingenious in being able to do that i think and the other fun leveling thing about a quiz which is why it lends itself well i think to to, to doing zoom things are and uh, other brands are available is that anyone could do one so if mm. we to write a quiz terence and just say oh, we're going to do a quiz on facebook live 
you know we could we could do that the parish council quiz it would be you could do one of your you, you're so good at writing quizzes we know this through <laughs> experience we wanted if we wanted to do that and we just said yeah we'll do it on on facebook as long as people go into it with reasonable expectations so mm. you either say well you don't have teams or you go okay then you can organize teams amongst yourselves as look i, I think because it's online and everyone's aware of the fact that this is different there's there's none of this kind of oh they've got five people on their team and they're you're only meant to have four or you know or when you say blue do you mean sky blue or can we just put blue if we put green can we get half a point most of that seems to have gone fortunately because because even even those of us that are extremely pedanty even us witch tylers of the world can uh, can realize that actually when it comes down to it maybe this is not the time to be a bit of a pain <laughs> when you're doing a quiz one of the one of the challenges of getting a little bit older um, which I am, is that you you need more time for any mental activity or question. Right. So whereas when I was in my 20s, I could recite mm, football teams, guys, cricket yeah. teams through the ages, knew every pop song ever in the charts and a pretty decent speedy response to any general knowledge. These, general knowledge. These days, I'm more kind of, oh, hang on a minute. You know, it, oh, it begins with A, doesn't it? Oh, just, just give me a second. So my, <laughs> my, my days of applying for those sort of quiz shows where you need an instant answer are well and truly over. But there's something I want to, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, ask you mm. about Is your it pub a quiz question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, question one yeah. uh, for Juliet's only. Um, yes. What, what now, is the only quiz? Uh, what is the only tube station that does not contain any letters from the word mackerel? Oh yes, yeah, so you've, you've told me that about three times over the last. <laughs> and, and, it's and, never and, time and, I forget <laughs> the answer. Um, I, I will reveal the answer at the end of the segment. Okay, but the, the, that ITV drama we referred to, uh, quiz. quiz, was all based around the allegation of cheating, and that was back in mm. 2001 when there were no smartphones or really any sort of sophisticated technology that would help. Now I know that pub quizzes, the prizes are not very significant, um, as you said. You know, you you you. you it's more for the fun, but are there measures in place? This is my question. Are there measures in place to prevent cheating in pub quizzes? Are you expected to hand in mobile dev- devices before you can take part? Anything like that? Well, in, in the Zoom quiz. Either no, in, 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 in real pub quizzes, you know, physically going into a pub or online. How can well, you stop cheating? Well, you can't police online things i think that's the thing and i think i think the thing is is that most people that are doing online quizzes think like i say they're not for the hardcore quizzes and the the people that are just you know just like quizzing that want to have a laugh i think you have to accept that you know you just have to take a leap of faith and is that the same in 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 real pubs brick and mortar pubs it's the same it depends what crowd you've got in but usually by and large people tend to police themselves because if you have a quiz that has any level of people in it that take quizzes seriously and if it's an organized pub quiz it usually will particularly if there is a cash prize then it's a it's a little bit like i'm just trying to think of a parallel but but basically it's a little bit like trusting that everybody's going to play by the rules basically if 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 somebody is cheating and someone else see them then they will dob them in by and large but mostly people don't cheat on the basis that i do think a lot of pub quizzes if you take if you take pub quizzing generally you know genuinely seriously and and you know you see yourself you and like me you identify you self-identify as a quizzer to use the use the modern phrase then you're literally only cheating yourself and i know i know that seems like like a like a very parent to a child thing to say but it is amazing how dissatisfied you can feel if you've won by cheating um before we press on what's the um or what's the tube station St John's Wood is the only one that you do not need any letters from the name Matthew. That's right, because I've challenged you on that before because you, that's so long as you spell St of St John's Wood S T and you don't put it out in full as Saint. But I think, but I think it is spelt on the sign as St, yeah, so is. I think it counts. So, so I, I, I admire your pedantry. Found <laughs> wanting on this occasion, and at the very end of the podcast, I will reveal the two, the only two tube stations which use all five vowels. Oh no, okay, all right. Okay, everybody at home, don't Google, see if you can figure it out. Um, Coming next, what's the deal with the Pretenders? That's right after uh, their new single released this week, The Pretenders. See how she enters the room like a diva. If 
I think as gorgeous as ever from their upcoming album the rather oddly named hate for sale uh, the pretenders <laughs> and you can't hurt a fool I think that's very I think that's very apt actually it does feel like we've had hate for sale for a very long time actually I, I enjoyed hearing from the pretenders again I thought that was all right well of course I love the pretenders as much as anyone but I've had to overcome my earliest memories of Chrissy Hind to do so because in 1973 or 73-74, I was a teenager working in London, booking bands out on tours, one-off gigs, festivals, all around the place. But when I first joined, I was given the junior role of booking bands onto the then-flourishing pub rock circuit. And this involved sending bands out. They received about £20, £25 a gig. Um, the agency took 10%. And I got 25% of the 10%. So for placing Brinsley Schwartz, uh, Schwartz at the Greyhound in mm-hmm. Fulham, say, I might make 50 pence. Mm. Um, so it was a very humble uh, beginning. But of course, you know, you booked out 20 of those gigs a week, 10 quid. You know, it wasn't that wasn't <laughs> bad money in 73. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But I also got the, the main thing for me wasn't so much money. It was also got to go to all these gigs for free. Mm. So maybe three or four nights a week, I'd be out seeing Ducks deluxe oh joe strummer in the 101 as elvis costello in flip city that's amazing as a teen that is a big do actually Mm. that is that is because you would you would have wanted to have gone to see those gigs anyway probably so actually that was maybe as good as being paid Yes, oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I was doing it for the for the fun of it all. Um, yeah, Elvis Costello, then still called Declan McManus in in the, the his band Flip City. So nearly always at these pub rock gigs, there would be this very tall bloke, about six foot six inches. There is always, always 
<laughs> he was always in downtrodden leather. He would turn up everywhere, this bloke, and his striking girlfriend. And they were very annoying because they always <laughs> used to stand right at the front and block half the stage. Mm. And they were always arguing and out of their heads <laughs> on, uh, well, as we later found it's out, substances. Yeah. Mm. And they were Nick Kent, the enemy journalist, and Chrissy Hind, who was then working as an office assistant for an architect business in London. Oh, right. And um, they were all, always coming out of gigs. They, they seemed to be at every pub rock gig in, in London, certainly ones <laughs> me, my mates and I were at. And they, they would you come out of gigs, they would be screaming at each other. And to this day, I still remember coming out of the Hope and Anchor in Islington in probably <laughs> 73, 74. Nick Kent strewn across some bins and Chrissy Hines screaming his name over and over in his ear in an effort to get him back into some sort of normality or you know consciousness. So imagine my surprise, as they say, some five years later to see Chrissy Hind on TV with her excellent band hitting number one with Brass in Pocket. It, it just seemed the most unlikely thing uh, when seeing her haranguing Nick Kent uh, in some... <laughs> alleyway outside some london pub i hope you have happier memories of chrissy hind and the pretenders jewels i do although i'm gonna have to get my un my two unhappy memories of them out of the way first it's not their fault actually she that she has no personal involvement in this first unhappy memory is that one of the only records i've ever played that has cleared a dance floor that's bombed and I, this sounds facetious but there haven't been many but but i learned fairly early on i thought this song would be great and a couple of women near the decks really enjoyed it i there are certain records where you'll play i'll play them and i think they've got more pep to them than they have i yeah, think huh? i think they're quicker records i was once happened to me i paid i played fame by david bowie thinking mm. in my head it was fashion and then it cleared the dance hall because it wasn't in anywhere near as quick as i needed it to be another record which is a, a genuinely excellent song that clears the dance floor goodness knows why brass in pocket Oh, okay. Because it's quite, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a quite a, it, it grows on you that record, but it's yeah. not very quick, and it cleared a dance floor. So, firstly, not very fond of that. Secondly, well, this maybe to sort of counteract that, it was in that box of records that I then lost. So actually, maybe oh yeah, good thing. My best of the pretenders with the life size. I think I've still got the poster somewhere because it got separated from the record, but I haven't got the record. But no, I'm a fan of the pretenders. Actually, my favourite pretenders track is and it's it's easy to forget how lot how deep into their career the pretenders went by still having massive hits i'll stand by you was an enormous mm. hit by them i didn't realize it was as late as 94 um recently covered by more recently covered by girls aloud but actually my favorite song of theirs is I always thought of it as a comeback single, even though it turns out they never went anywhere because they'd had an album four years beforehand. <laughs> but the excellent Night in My Veins from that album, I've always really enjoyed. I came across it. I I never quite matched up. I had a, a compilation when I was at university that I absolutely loved that was a Britpop era compilation that I never owned myself and then found in a secondhand shop called Lady Killers, uh, subtitled Tracks to Die For, released off the back of Lady Killers by Lush. But all of the artists were female artists. And if you can dig up a copy somewhere it's worth listening to it's quite a nice little snapshot of female fronted music around that time and it has got night in my veins by the pretenders on it and it took me years to match up the fact that they that, that pretenders was the same as the pretenders that mm. did don't get me wrong 2000 miles all that kind of stuff so so there's a lot more to the pretenders i think than i i I always think of them as, you know, oh, yeah, they've done some nice singles. But actually, they're, 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 they've got quite strength in depth, I think. And although I remember I was – it's interesting how people's priorities change during their lives. And speaking of not matching up certain bands, sometimes it's difficult to match up the people who – who people are when they're older with who they were when they were younger. I remember having a conversation with a the, – the, I hope she used to declare herself as this, so I hope she wouldn't mind me saying a nice lady called Jackie, who was the self-declared oldest woman on my degree course when I was at university. She was a mature student who was in her 40s at the time, and she was a pal of mine. I really liked her. I thought she was a, a very nice, interesting lady that used to play the bass. She used to moonlight playing the bass in pub rock bands at, at, at weekends. She was in a pub rock band called Atomic, named after the Blondie song that was her sort of calling card. She was the only person I've ever met who was a 
very big fan of Vertigo by U2 simply because it had a very exposed bass line that became her kind of solo showing off it. But I remember talking about, the, I think I've been talking about this album with her and talking about Chrissy Hines and talking about her um, her uh, um, second life as an animal rights activist. Mm campaigning with uh peter and uh you know throwing pots of paint at stores and goodness knows what i remember jackie saying very wryly yeah not bad for someone who spent their whole 70s and 80s in leather and yeah, uh, it's amazing to think how people, people but then having said that i quite admire people whose views change over time i think it's you know i think it's in a way it's usual for people to become less radical as they get older rather than more so so you know i, I admire her for that really i i, I you know i like the pretenders. obviously it's just her now and they've ended up unfortunately becoming one of those kind of a bit like Jamaraquai really does anybody know who's in Jamaraquai apart from JK Chrissy Hind is the pretender sadly because of the, the 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 sad deaths of all of the original pretenders but um but so so it's it's sort of a sugar babes by necessity really if we want to fall back to to later weeks but um but no I I, I am a fan of the pretenders they're one of those bands who if you ask me who my favourite bands were, I probably wouldn't, there wouldn't be a name I'd reach for. Yet when I think about the records they've done, I can't think of many they've done that I dislike. I've got a, a pretender's theory, which I want to run past oh, you. Yes, do. I like um, it. Let's see if you agree with, with it. But I, I, just in defence of Martin Chambers, the drummer, is still very much alive. Two of them died. Uh, oh, right. Pete I'm and James Honeyman Scott, the guitarist uh-huh. and the bass player. But uh, Paul, I Chambers survives. He's on this track and he's on the new album. I'm glad that Martin is still with us. I'm very <laughs> glad to be proved wrong. I'm sorry. I, the, the entire original lineup died. I apologise for that. <laughs> I must stress I love Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders, but I wonder if you agree with me on this in that oh. I don't think... Um, and you, you've kind of alluded to it with what you were just saying. I don't think they have much of a committed fan base. I don't think they have fanatical followers mm-hmm. who live the pretender's life, if you see yeah. what I mean. I, I right. doubt whether many people play their albums through. I think mm-hmm. they're one-off tracks that people warm to, you know, the, the old phrase of singles band, if you like. Nothing wrong with that at all and hugely successful through the yeah, years. But my theory it, it, is based on... I wonder if Chrissy Hines' rather icy yet bombastic personality means fans don't feel close to her. I wonder if that's right. Yeah, I, there, there's something. I, I actually know someone that ghostwrites for her occasionally, and and yeah, she, she's a. I think spiky is probably a reasonable a reasonable expression. I think I think it's very. Um, yeah, there is, there is, you know, you, you never. She, she's made difficult comments with someone that that you would think would be a kind of a great voice of women in rock and a bit of a feminist. Mm. She made some quite problematic comments around women's behaviour and the Me Too movement, which, which, as, as, as you know, I, I, I found it difficult for somebody in her position to be saying something like that. I know, I, I, I struggle with that a bit. I must admit, and, and like, like you say, there is. The, the changeability of her, the fact that she can go from wearing leather all her life to throwing paint at Dolce and Gabbana. I'm not saying that you know that it's not laudable, but there's there's something very I, I, like you say. There's the, they are a band of whom you would buy the greatest hits. I had the pretend exactly. That's that's what, that's, what that's I my point entirely. Great, but I don't think I've ever knowingly listened to Pretenders album from start to finish, no. and. I don't feel sometimes we talk about things on the podcast and I think, oh, yeah, I must. If you pick a track and I really like, I think, oh, I must go and investigate that album. I don't feel I'm going to do that with the pretenders. Not because I don't like them. I, I mean, their, their, their pop singles are great. They're, the singles that they write are brilliant. And I genuinely think Night in My Bones is a great song. I love the production on that as well. But I, I, I don't hear enough in them to make me think that they've got loads of really amazing, interesting albums in them. That sounds really rude. And Chrissy Hind has written so many better songs than I will probably ever write. I am never going to write A Brass in Pocket. I am never going to write Don't Get Me Wrong. I'm never going to write 2,000 Miles. I do, I do get that. And I think that pop singles bands are very much to be celebrated. But it is interesting that, like you say, they don't have... To compare them to another fairly popish band that are female fronted with occasionally interchangeable men behind her but usually not who have were, were, were perhaps a little bit earlier than the pretenders but who have considerably more critical cachet blondie mm. i mean pretenders are not in blondie's league are they really if you no. think 
and I and I don't want to do that thing where women always get compared to other women, but I think they are similarish bands that are doing a similarish time type of thing, and it is very telling that Blondie did a number of brilliant albums, which I still listen to. You know, Parallel Lines. Parallel Lines in particular, yeah. Made, you know, it. Uh, what's the one with Rapture on it? Um, Auto American. That's also excellent. Plastic Letters is great. Even the debut's great. And um, and again, they came up with one of the best best comeback singles ever in Maria, I think, as well. There is something about them. Yet Debbie Harry, although she is, I suspect that she she's hard when she needs to be. She comes. I, I saw Blondie live in 2008 at the Attitude Festival, and she didn't speak very much but she came across as a very nice person mm. she, all she said between songs was we I, I admired her rather than going yeah we love latitude mm. we wanted to play here she said we hadn't heard of this festival until we've been asked to play and we understand this is only its second year but we've really enjoyed being here and we wish them every success with it thank you for watching us and i thought what a nice lady yeah. she, just, she just you know she came across as not you know not unpleasant she came across as someone that, that and, and when she's interviewed she's very interesting and and self-aware and quite self-mocking and so so the problem is is that I, I i'd i'd be more into the pretenders if i didn't have blondie in my life but i have blondie in my life doing a lot of those things really well and I'd, I'd, and if you know, and if Chrissy Hyde is going to make ir- irritating comments in newspapers to me, I just I would just spend that time listening to Blondie. I'm sorry, but hmm. I will. Juliet, one more question for you. Mm. What were the two tube stations with all the vowels in them? Uh, answer number one, Mansion House. Gosh. Answer yes. Two, yes, got it. South Ealing. South Ealing, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, what can I say? Everyone's now got off at of the edge of this. <laughs> well, in strange times, we're once again grateful that you've joined us this week. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you've got so much time that you can use on so many wow. things, and yet we're possibly still in your life, and I appreciate that. Thank Speaking you. of which, people having time, it, it means time people have got time to listen to your new radio shows. They have, which I'm delighted about, and lots of people did listen last week, mm. and it was lovely to be, to be with you. Um, I have a Mixler channel, and our Mixler is spelled M-I-X-L-R, but if you follow me on Twitter, at SuperJules84, or if we're friends on Facebook, Juliet Harris, then you can uh, you can catch up with my links there. Um, Saturdays 5 till 7, as of this week, I will be doing the Saturday Social, which is Northern Soul and Motown, and then on Sundays, 7 till 9, I'll be doing a show called Smooth Sailing, which is Yacht Rock, uh, Easy Listening, uh, M-O-R, and Beyond. Basically, songs that you've probably spent years pretending that you don't like, but secretly really do, but not in a kind of a celebrating rubbish type way. I genuinely think that every record we listened to last week on that show was of genuinely great quality. Terrific. But but uh, but yeah, I, I I'm doing that in my house. So do please come and hang out. That would be really nice. By the way, I did a check on this um, last week that mm. if people you know can't remember the f- the full link, if yeah. you just go to Mixler and in the search box you put Juliet Harris, oh, you come right. up straight away. Excellent. So that is lovely. Thank, that, my thanks to my agent as always. <laughs> Now, a track, Jules, with lyrics quite sensitive to the current situation to play, to play us out. Yes. I, the reason that I, I thought I'd pick an Electrolane record is partly because I really love Electrolane. But uh, they, they're a, a band who all four members have been living not only in different co- countries, but in some cases on separate continents for <laughs> the last the last sort of. Well, they kind of unofficially disbanded in about 2007. I was very lucky to go to one of their Reformation shows in 2011, where they just, unlike most bands, they didn't reform because they had a new... Did they burn any Catholics at these Reformation shows? (laughs) They didn't, no. I I, I didn't want to say reformed. I I like the term Reformation, which, you know, as I am a a, a prod at heart, I, I, you know, what can I say? I've embraced it. Also, maybe it's because I've been watching too many of those Lucy (laughs) documents entries on the on the six wives of Henry the eighth I don't know but anyway at their reformation gigs uh, thank you very much for tripping me up on that at their, at their reformation gigs I am um, unusually they reformed or reformed just to uh, just to play gigs they didn't they didn't release any new records from oh, those reform shows they just fancied playing again they did uh, a few shows they uh, did three shows over here I think and a few shows in different places and then the guitarist went back to to Prague 
the singer went back to Berlin, the bass player went back to Oxford, and the drummer went back to LA, and they just they just <laughs> carried on with their lives. Um, but they've decided in this kind of downtime, having stayed friends, that they've all reconnected, and they're doing a question and answer session on their Facebook page on Sunday night at nine o'clock. So as soon as I finish my yacht rock show, I'll be clicking one window shut very hurriedly and opening <laughs> another one, pouring myself a drink and and enjoying nerding out over Electrolane, who are a band that I've always loved very much, and. When I was, you know, when I saw they were reforming, I started, I, I often listen to Electrolane, but it did prompt me to, like you probably, I have so much music that occasionally I need a prompt to listen to something, and that yeah. was a prompt. So it's from the album called The Power Out, which was my first introduction to Electrolane. It's a good record for these times, actually, because I don't find it to be depressing, but I do find it to have a lot of space in it. It's quite a, a cool and calm record. And I think the lyrics to this are quite poignant, and I, I really like this song anyway, but it's it's... The idea of being separated from people is 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 really nicely dealt with in this uh, in this this uh, this this song. The idea that you you're sort of continuing as normal, but with something else kind of away somewhere else. And and I I, I think it's a lovely song. This is Electrolane and this is Birds. listening to a Parish Council production. <laughs>